Welcome to today's online message from Long Eaton Oasis Christian Centre. We are a church at the heart of the community, with a heart for the community. And we're so glad that you've joined us. We hope that you'll be inspired and encouraged today. Please don't hesitate to contact us. If you want to find out more, you can visit our website, www.longeatonoasis.co.uk, or you can direct message us. I just want to take a few moments as we're um, going to look together. Uh, you might say a bit of a weird title to say we're going to have to do some work now. We're going to do digging. It's time to dig ditches is the title. That, but I'm just going to take a few moments in the next 20 minutes to share what I mean and why. Um, if you have a, a Bible, uh, you might like to turn to it. If you have it on your phone or your tablet or smartphone, uh, you've got your original paper copy, which would be absolutely amazing. Uh, You might want to turn to Two Kings. If you don't have a Bible, that's fine. Then just sit and listen and and take in. Uh, So Two Kings, the second book of Kings, and I'm going to look at chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. I'll read just a couple of verses, then I'm going to set the context and then share a few thoughts from this reading and give my reasons why in the next few moments. Okay. So, two kings. I'm going to read from the NIV, and then I'm going to read from the New King James Version, just to get a context. And the reason why I say that, the NIV is what they call, the translation is a dynamic equivalent. Don't worry about it. I don't fully understand that, but it sounds good. I've just said it. And the New King James is a literal translation. So, it's good to compare translations at times, so you get the full meanings Uh, Okay, so that's why I'm going to compare NIV and the New King James just side by side, just for a moment or two. So I'm reading from the NIV, New International Version, and it says in verse 16, and this is the prophet, and and he said to them, this is what the Lord says, I will fill this valley with pools of water, for this is what the Lord says, you will see neither wind nor rain, Yet this valley will be filled with water, and you, your cattle, and your other animals will drink. This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. He will also deliver Moab into your hands. Okay, verse 18. That's the NIV. Now, I'm going to read from the New King James. And if you've got a smartphone, you can quickly click on that and and, and look side by side. But here we go. So it says this, similar but slightly different, says in the New King James in verse 16, and he said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall see, not see wind, nor you shall see rain. Yet this valley shall be filled with water so that your cattle and your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. The New King James. So the New King James translates the, the original sort of Hebrew translation and expands it and brings it there. So you have this idea of the need to the digging of ditches to sustain the water that's going to come in the valley. Okay, so uh, to, you know, as a church, so I, if, if you're here for the first time, yeah, just to get context, so normally I would take, if I'm speaking a theme or a book or a theme, and we work through that, and we've been, for a little while, we've been looking at the life of Joseph and looking at some of the practical things that come and spiritual things that come from Joseph's life in the, in the book of Genesis and working through it. But then I've, I've now broken into that series, and there's a few standalone messages 
that will, will go with the sort of a heart and vision that we're having as a church. And this is a standalone message that goes into that part of vision that we feel God's speaking to us as a church at the moment. So get a bit of context why I've broken into that series just for a moment. And one of the things that uh, I'd, I'd said, uh, and I, I said this about myself, I said it about us as a church, and I felt and we were feeling that, that, that last year was, um, in praying about the life of church and where we were to go at the end of last year for, for, the, for the year ahead, I felt that, that the Holy Spirit saying to my heart, you know, you've had a sense of drift, Adrian. Uh, as a, a pastor in the local church, and the, the church has had a sense of drift. We sort of, after the pandemic, we sort of, we, we drift, we sort of began to drift back as a church. And that wasn't, I'm not being negative, I'm, I, I'm just being, this is what was happening and happening in us all. And, and, and so many things had taken over our lives in different ways since the pandemic. And, um, and, and in praying, I felt then God say, but it's now time to enter the, my flow. And, and as a church, you're going to enter a fresh flow of, of my spirit. And, and, and so with that, I began to be intentional in my own personal prayer life, in seeking God, in being open, making room, the, the song that we sang earlier, making room for the Holy Spirit in my own heart and life. And, uh, and, and that has begun to transfer in the beginning of this year. There's been a real more of a sense, week on week, in the heart and life of our church, of a sense of God, um, uh, the flow, his spirit flowing in us, through us, amongst us, and leading us on a, on a journey and a direction together. And, and, this, and so I've shared a number of messages, and this is just one into that getting in, preparing for a flow, getting into a place where we're ready for, to, to, to be led where God wants to lead you as an individual, lead me and lead us as a church. Um, so, and so that's where this, this message sort of comes into that. And, and I, 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 in reading this passage, it sort of jumped out the page in a fresh way for me. And the digging of ditches is the making of room for the Spirit of God. They dug ditches that day several thousand years ago to, for water to flood, and uh, there's a very parallel there with the, 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 the flood of water being the, the flood of the Spirit, and that we have to make room for the Holy Spirit as they made room for the water to be retained. We need to make room for the Spirit, and this is where we're going to go. And this sort of jumped out the page to me, for me, and in for us as a life, your life, and our life as a church. And um, so to get a bit of context, so the context of the story is, is that the, the, at that time, Israel was in two kingdoms, the north capital Samaria, uh, led by a, a king, and the, the, the southern part of Israel, capital Jerusalem, Judah, led by the southern king. And the northern king asked the southern king to join with him uh, to um, wage war against a group of people called the Moabites, who were a tribe uh, bordering on uh, the northern and southern kingdoms of Israel. And uh, they had to go through a land called Edom, and they asked the king of this land of Edom to join them. So three kings joined together, the king of the northern part of Israel, the king of the southern part of Israel, and the, the king of, of, of Edom uh, was an area that they would have to go through to, to get to the, to, to the Moabites. And these three kings joined together to wage war against a rebellious group of people called the Moabites. They wouldn't pay their taxes to the king of the king of Israel. And that's the gist of the story. Haven't got, we haven't been able to read the whole passage because of the time constraints we'd have this morning. But if you go back and read 2 Kings uh, chapter 3, that's the background. To, and, and so what happened was these, these three armies 
then went and had to go through a sort of a desert area, and they'd entered this desert valley, and this is where we find our, pick up the story now. They entered this desert valley, and uh, they'd run out of their water. This had been a number of days, you can imagine, to go and make war, and uh, they'd run out of water. And in the east, in the desert, where there's no water, it gets dangerous if you've got thousands of of men and livestock. This is an army, a large army, and they'd run out of water. And um, so they asked, they were inquired of God, what should we do? They thought, we need to inquire of God, what do we do? And they'd asked a prophet called Elijah to come and ask God, what should we do? And so Elijah um, worships in the presence of God, and then this is where we pick up the story. These are then his words. Out of coming out of the presence of God in worship, he then prophesies to the army. And he says to them, the Lord says, you need to be prepared for the water that's going to come. You need to dig ditches. You need to dig ditches for the water so that when the water comes, you, your cattle, your horses, the troops, you may drink. And, and uh, most Bible commentators would say what, what, what the gist of that was, was that they were on a, a dry riverbed, probably the area, and there was no water at all. And uh, this, is the, this, is the, this is the command that, that, that the prophet gave them. So three things that come out of the back of this, uh, uh, this account, this story, that I want to just share. Uh, number one, the first thing is this. Um, and three, three thoughts that, that would be pertinent for you and I perhaps today and uh, that I want to just share just for a moment or two. And uh, the first thing is this. You know, God works where he wills and he does things in whichever way he chooses to. He works as he wills and he does things. And, and the, why do I say that? This is why I say that. Look at verse 17. And the prophet says this to them. He says in verse 17, You shall not see wind and you shall not see rain, yet this valley will be filled with water. You shall not see wind and you not, shall not see rain, yet this valley will be filled with water. So you're, 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 this was a dried up sort of like a, a valley, a riverbed or a stream or something like that. And he says you'll not see any wind or rain. You won't see clouds but you're going to have water. Now, I don't know about you, but, f- but, f- but for me, I, I would need to see something. I don't know about you, but I tend to be a bit of seeing is believing. And, and even though as Christians, I, I, even, you, know, you, you tend to go to a default, which is, how's this going to happen? How's that going to work out? And be honest with yourself. Give yourself a... I know that you're, you're wonderful, lovely Christian people, uh, but, but if you really pinch yourself at times, it can be like, how am I going to get this job? How, how the, how's the finance is going to stretch to that? How are we going to get through, um, uh, you know, uh, a financial uh, a, a crisis or, or whatever it, it might be? How am I going to overcome this? And God says, this is what's going to happen to you. It, sometimes it, it can be a little bit that seeing is believing almost. There's, we go to a default setting, don't we, until something of our faith begins to kick in and other believers come around us. We begin to pray. We begin to move a bit more towards, okay, God, well, you know, I'm, tr- I'm going to trust you. But, and so you can just imagine, this is an army. Now, bearing in mind, 
This is, this is an army, a vast, a vast army of three different kings. They're in the de- a wilderness. They're very, very thirsty. And, and you're going to have water. <laughs> but you're not going to see wind. And you're not going to see clouds. And there's not going to be rain. There's not going to be a storm. There's not going to be... And, and it can be like, what, what on earth? How's that going to happen? And uh, now this is really interesting. A, a, a prophet called Elijah says this. If you come back a bit in Kings, he was an understudy of a prophet called Elijah. And Elijah, the prophet Elijah, some years back, prior to Elijah, it's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it, Elijah? A bit of a tongue twister with them all. And I, get, I used to get mixed up with Elijah and Elijah. But the prophet Elijah had an experience with rain. He said it's not going to rain. God told him to say it's not going to rain. And it didn't rain on the... On, uh, it was in the time of a king called Ahab, and it didn't rain. And then when God said, it's now going to rain, Elijah prophesied, Elijah, it's going to rain. And he says to his servant, if you, the story's in the book of Kings, he says to his servant, go out and look for the rain. And the servant goes out a number of times, comes back again, and on the seventh time of coming in and out and, com- and coming back, Elijah says, go out and look again. And he comes back and says, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. It's that story. There's a, this is the Elijah story. I say this for a context. And eventually, the cloud the size of a man's hand grows and becomes a storm and rain, a deluge of rain comes and there's rain upon the land. Now, it's very interesting. Isn't it? and, and there was a revival and a move of God upon that land as the, as the rain came. That was with Elijah. But now we find Elijah saying there's not going to be a cloud and there's not going to be any rain. It's an interesting story, isn't it? God works as he wills. I don't know about you and I, but we, if we're not careful, and if you're not, and I'm not careful, we can sometimes say, my experience tells me God did it like this. So therefore, he's got to do it like that again. And that's, the more, that's what I'm getting. I've took a long time to get to it, but it's interesting, isn't it? With Elijah and Elijah. Elijah could have said, well, I can't tell him that. You didn't, you, that didn't happen before with Elijah. It was clouds, wind, and rain. And now God's saying, no clouds, no wind, and no rain, and yet water. It, but we can sometimes, I know, but I don't know about you, but I've sometimes missed, I think whole churches can miss God moving in the midst of our lives. You can, some, me and I, we can sometimes miss maybe God moving in our lives because we've said, but you've got to do it this way. God doesn't work like that. The Holy Spirit doesn't do it like that. He does it like this. Now, God could do it like this and do it. And, and yes, he does use wind and cloud and rain and probably again and again and again. But there are times when he does something completely different and does it in a way that we, we don't realise or, or we're surprised. All I'm saying is we should be prepared to be surprised. We should be prepared to be surprised. Have hearts that are open so that we don't miss what God wants to do. If we want to see what God wants to do in your life and your home and your marriage and is to be pre- and that's quite a challenge day on day week on week year on year this is why we need to be renewed daily our hearts to be open the great song to sing that we sung earlier on about opening up our hearts making i will make room for you and that's that, that, that that's like a, that's a ditch digging song making room giving I'll, I'll explain that in a moment but but so we see so this is the first thing God works as he wills, and it's really important to just remember that and lay hold of that and be open to that. In, now, so, 
as, as a, a, a pastor in a local church, this, so, it's, it's, so 33 years I've pastored in a local church, which, which, so I've got quite a lot of experience. I'm not, I've got quite a lot of experience. I've done lots of sermons. I've seen lots of moves of the Holy Spirit. I've seen lots of times when there's been no moves of the Spirit. And so I could, I could, it's easy for me to say, oh, God's going to do it like this. And he has done it like that. But I feel God saying to me and the Spirit saying to me, be prepared, Adrian, today for something fresh. And you and I, there are things happening in the nations. I hit speaking to lots of other pastors and lots of other churches, different denominations. Since pandemic, with all that's going on in the world today, it's not that people are now disinterested with God. They're actually interested in spiritual things. And people aren't disinterested in church per se. They are interested. It's quite amazing what's happening. I mean, lots of churches I speak to and pastors, things are happening where God is moving and God is stirring afresh. And we've just got to be prepared. And this is what we feel God's saying to us as a church at the moment. Be prepared. Get prepared. Prepare your hearts. Yeah, and this is something that you're saying to us. And so one of the first things that we need to do is to, to realise that God will work as he wills. And, and it may be the same. And, and yes, God does God's works in history. And what goes around does come around. And I, we get that. But there are times and seasons when we can miss out on what he wants to do. By we, No, you, you don't do it like that. Or, and some of the greatest revivals, some churches and people have walked away saying, this isn't God. God doesn't do it like that. Just have to be prepared. And second thing that we can um, learn from this account, uh, and, and I find that amazing with Elijah. He says it, what God says. Now the second thing is this. Is, uh, so God works his wills. Preparation precedes pouring. Is the second thought that I, I would take. And it's verse 16. Look at verse 16. Um, so the New King James um, translates the Hebrew translation in an expanded sort of form. If you were to look at the Amplified Version, which is an expanded form, uh, which takes all of the, the translation of the text completely, you'd find it similar to the New King James. And, and, and the New King James translates it in verse 16, um, make this valley full of ditches. You, you read it, it says, and he said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches, for thus says the Lord, you will not see wind or rain, and yet this valley will be filled with water. So prior to the filling of water, um, they had to make some ditches in, in, in the valleys. This is what God is saying to them. And uh, he, he's basically saying, you know, you, you need to prepare. What, what a lot of Bible commentators say is this. What happened was, there weren't clouds and wind in that area, but if you read later on, it says that from Edom, the water flowed from the area of Edom. And what, they, what a lot of Bible commentators would say, it was, there was a flow of water that came down the valley on that right, the exact day that God predicted it would. And although it didn't rain over them, Rain had occurred upstream, up, up in the mountains, and a flash flood had occurred. And what was the miracle was God caused the flash flood to happen at the exact time that it was necessary for them. And what they had to do was dig trenches or canals, ditches, so that when the water came, and the water came, it didn't just dissipate away like it can do. 
in a hot climate in the eastern, eastern part of the world, you can have a flash flood, there'll be loads of water, and then after a while it can dissipate and in the heat just disappear. But there would be trenches to collect the water. So when the flood of water came, there would be large pools where the army could go and drink. Can you imagine? And, and, and the miracle was that God caused that to happen at, at the right moment, at the right time, just when the army needed it. It didn't happen a week before or a month later. It was, and that's the miracle. It, God caused that to happen at that, that very moment and at the time that they were there. But they had to... But can you imagine being, being in, in, being in, in um, that, that army and you're tired and you're thirsty and you're grumbling and there's thousands of them and it's hot and it's dry? Dig ditches. Dig... Just, just for a moment, just... You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to do it. Number one, you'd be tired, you'd be thirsty. Number you think, what, what, what's the point? There's, we're not going to dig for water here. It's the, it, the, the sense here is, is about preparation. And what happened was, when the flash flood came, there was water, it held the water. It held the water. And um, often we say in life, you do something, God, and I'll follow you. But what God says is you do something, you prepare, and then I'll do it. So we, we will say, you do something, and then I'll do it, I'll act. But God says, you act, and then I'll do something. It's called preparation. Throughout the kingdom of God, in the life of God, it's very much that we're, we're to be prepared. You and I are to be prepared with our hearts and with our lives. And so we say, you do something, Lord, and I'll act. But God says, you prepare your hearts. You prepare your lives. I'm not talking about working for your salvation. That's a free gift. But day by day walk, prepare your heart. You know, when we, when we come into the presence of God, and we, my heart is prepared. And uh, this, is, this is what this passage, um, reliance brings release. That's what I would say. There's a reliance on God to the giving of our lives whereby we say, we need you, Lord, and I'm giving you my heart and my life. That reliance brings release. That preparation of our hearts precedes his pouring. You know, um, to pour out literally means, uh, the word to pour literally means flow rapidly as a steady stream. And on that day, they had a, a, a rapid pouring, a pouring out of water a steady stream of water, which when there were ditches, these trenches, this is what they did in the east, this is a way of containing flash floods so that you could water your livestock. Um, when there was this pouring out of the water, a steady stream, that's what it literally means to pour out, to, to flow, there was the ditches to take the water. You know, for you and I, our hearts and our lives, the, 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 the ditches, what ditches are, are you digging what, to for the flow of God in your heart and life. That today, the ditches of our, would be the ditches of our, in our hearts, our minds, making room for God. We've got so much going on in our lives today that takes up our time, takes up our treasure, takes up my, my life and my heart. What, what, what room have we made um, for, for the flow of God in your heart and life? And that's the interesting thing and the importance of this story is that it, it really speaks of, and it would have been hard work. Do you know, to prepare your heart takes intention and effort, doesn't it? It does. To prepare your heart and life 
To give, it, it means that I have to intend, I have to give, to give my attention to God takes a, in, attention, intention rather. Um, and, and um, you know, those soldiers would have been digging, thinking, can you imagine the, what was being muttered under their breath as they were digging these trenches? But there was a mighty outpouring coming that whereby they would be, but sometimes we, we, can, we can mutter to God, oh, I've got, you know, got to do this, or why, why have I got to serve that? And, or, you know, I, I've, you know re, I've read this so many times. But there's something about um, preparing our hearts. What was the literal digging of ditches there is, 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 you know, the Holy Spirit wants to flow, to flow every day in and through my heart and life. And um, very often we can miss what God is doing or what he wants to say to you. What does he want to say to you today? Well, if you haven't read something in his word, you've dug a ditch and, you've, and, 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 and you might miss what he wants to say to you. I, I, it's a bit basic, but it's a fact. It's a fact. And we're called to be prepared and to prepare our lives to make room for God. And uh, third thing, uh, th- the third thing is this, uh, that I want the third and final thing. So God works as he wills. Uh, you know, there's the, the digging of our, our own ditches, as it were, in, in your heart and my heart and life as I'm giving my life to, to God. We need the flow of his spirit we actually need, it says, it says in verse 17 and 20 in, in, uh, there, it says, uh, the, the valley will be filled with water so that you and your cattle and your animals will drink, verse 17. Verse 20, it says, now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered that suddenly water came by way of Edom and the land was filled with water, verse 20. There was a, a miraculous flow of water that day. There was a miraculous flow of water. That army would have died in the desert. You know, it, you, know you and I, we will die in the desert of this age. The intoxication of this age. The teaching of this age. We will die in the desert of this age if we do not have the flow of the Holy Spirit. As a Christian, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus Christ. If we do not have the flow of the living Holy Spirit in your heart and life and the flow of the Spirit every day, then we will live by the intoxication of this age, the ways of this world, the teachings of this world, the norm of this world. There is a powerful, powerful um, constraint coming. We live in a liberal democracy. That's what our liberal democracy. But in that liberal democracy, if we don't do what the liberal democracy says is now the norm, then you will find there will be voices against you and against I. And if you say that I follow the Bible and the teaching of the Bible, that's an old-fashioned book. It's out of date. It's two, 3,000 years old. We live in a progressive society. That's your, 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 I heard somebody say on the radio the other day, I was listening to a, 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 a news programme, um, and they called people that believed in um, God made them, male and female, he made them, in the image of God he made them, as Bible-bashing uh, Bible morons. That was on a BBC channel. Bible-bashing moron. So I am a Bible-bashing moron. Because I believe that God made us in the image of him, male and female, and he made them. I'm a Bible-bashing moron. In a liberal democracy, where you can believe what you like. It's not true. It's now becoming illiberal to those that believe in Jesus Christ. I I can tell you that now. It's a fact. You, You can search it for yourself. And so we need the flow of his spirit. You, you and I need the flow of his Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you why. why. Why is that? Because 
There's a danger today that we rely on our own schemes and plans rather than rely on his spirit. We, we can rely on our own ideas, schemes, plans, the plans of men, the, the ways of this world. And, and there's a lot of good things in this world, so don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, I live in this world. You know, I, I, we do need to plan, and that's good. But if, if that's all we rely on, that's not good because the world has a norm that is, that is not God's. The kingdom is God's kingdom. The world is, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And so we're called to live for Jesus and live and worship and honour Jesus and live with the power of his spirit within our hearts and lives. You know, if we don't have the flow of the spirit, then my Christianity becomes routine and not relationship. Even Pentecostal routine. We're an Elam Pentecostal church. We can have Pentecostal routine. It's possible to have routine, Baptist routine, Anglican routine. If we don't have the Holy, you know, the Holy Spirit, Methodist routine, any, any denomination you want to choose. If we don't have the Spirit, if we don't have the Holy Spirit, we will have routine. It's so dangerous. I, and, and as a pastor, if I, as, as a church, you know, a, a, a believer, a lover of Jesus, if I don't have the Spirit, I just have routine. We'd all say, oh, no, no, I'm a Christian. I believe in a living relationship. Where is it? I see God's asking me. I'm not looking to attack you, but where is it? Where's the living relationship? It's in the flow of the Spirit. It's in the flow of the Holy Spirit. And you know, Jesus said to a man called Nicodemus, Nicodemus said, how may I know this amazing new kingdom, this life of God, this wonderful life of God? And Jesus said, you must be born again. Born of the Spirit. Transformed, changed. And so you and I, if you are a Christian, you must, you're born again. You're born of the Spirit. And we need to keep in touch with the Spirit to keep alive in the Spirit. Not just once, but every day. There's a flow of the Spirit. You see, to be a Christian, you have to be born again. If you believe in something, you believe in a doctrine, that's fantastic. An ideology, you might even believe in the Bible. You might even, you might even believe in the Bible which is wonderful and that's good, but we have to believe and trust and give our lives in Jesus Christ and be filled with his spirit to be changed, transformed. Otherwise, all we have is Christian routine. We have a sort of churchianity, not Christianity. Christianity is Christ. Everything else could be churchianity. And so there is this... And so we're born by the Spirit, born from above. And so, but it's interesting on that. And so when I say, so we need the flow of his Spirit, and it might not, and, and we, you and I need, the, the Christian life is a miraculous, Spirit-filled life. It might not mean that I raise, you know, raising the dead and you're seeing miracles and healings every day. I'm not saying that, but you might see that from time to time. But we need the life-giving release of the Holy Spirit of God in and through our lives every day. Every day. And we do that by making room for him and giving our hearts and lives to him. And Jesus loves to flow in his spirit within our hearts and lives. The greatest change for me has come uh, of a renewal in worship for me. And um, with this, we're going to close. If the worship team would come, that'd be great. We're going we're to just... Um, Pray together. The greatest help for me in the renewing of my worship of the Lord Jesus Christ is I don't want the routine of singing songs. And, you know, we're a you know, contemporary style of worship. I love it in our church. 
Uh, I love new new songs. But but for me, um, why why are we why, why are we singing and what are we singing for? I come to worship Jesus. We worship Jesus. We don't worship the songs that we sing. And so for me, something that I feel the Holy Spirit restoring for me afresh again in, in these last months has been that when you, when I, I felt God say to me, when you come, Adrian, my name's Adrian, by the way, when you come, Adrian, <laughs> sing to Jesus. You, and I've said this once or twice already in church, and I'm not trying to be weird now, but because Jesus, if Jesus, if we really do believe Jesus is alive, he died on the cross, was buried, rose again, is alive forevermore, sends the person of the Holy Spirit to be with us and in us to bring Jesus alive to us. Then I'm not just, if, if I don't sing to Jesus, we, we, when we're here, we're worshiping, and I'm looking up at heaven, but whatever, you know, whatever I mean. But if I'm not singing to Jesus, worshiping Jesus, and singing to him, and my songs are aimed towards him, then they, this is my heart, I'm giving it to you, Jesus. That has revolutionized my singing. Otherwise, I'm just singing songs. I could be at a concert and singing. I don't, I'm not going to try and sing anything now. But you could be, couldn't you? It's rev- and, 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 I, and So I'm not conjuring up Jesus, because I don't have to conjure him up, because he's here, he's present by the Holy Spirit. And God calls us. And to me, that's, it's revolutionized my heart and spirit. And I encourage us, as we stand in a moment to sing this song again, I will make room for you. Let's open up the, our hearts and lives so that we might open up some fresh trenches, some places for the Spirit to be released. And it might mean there's some things we've got to let go of. But let's sing to him. Lord Jesus, we thank you and we love you. I, we thank you, Father God, that you sent the very apple of your eye, your one and only Son, whom you love so much that we might not perish but have everlasting life. For those that believe in you, Jesus, you say, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Life to come, but also life today. And forgiveness for the past. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And Lord Jesus, you said to the disciples, I go to be with the Father, but don't worry, I'm not going to leave you alone like orphans. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, one like me, just like me, to be with you and in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're here in the name of the Father. So this morning, we give our hearts and lives to you. Maybe you're here today and you know, you've been a Christian for some time. And you find that it's all got a little bit routine or a bit dried up. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe, maybe a bit dried up because things have happened to you and someone's hurt you or a church has maybe hurt yours. Circumstance. Maybe you've fallen a bit by the wayside. You've got ill. And it's knocked you off course. Then Jesus wants to bring you back. Maybe you're not sure which way you're going. Well, then God just says, open your heart to me. Open your heart and life to me. Open your heart and life to me. Maybe we're worried about the future, family and life. Maybe we're concerned. Maybe in our marriage and home, you know, it's not going the way that it should. God says, open up your heart and your marriage and your home to me. You know, the digging of trenches is making room. They had to dig a trench, a pit, and then when the water came, filled. You know, when we make room for God, he fills our hearts. He fills your marriage. He'll fill your home. He'll fill your mind. He'll fill your life. It's making room for God. 
And maybe for some of us, we've got to say, you know, God, forgive me. I've had too much going on. I'm doing things. You're doing legitimate things. It's not for me to say what you can or can't do. But between you and the Holy Spirit, there's things that take up our lives and take up our time. This morning, Lord Jesus, we do. We come and we, as it were, make those spiritual trenches, those ditches in our hearts by opening up our hearts, opening up my life, opening up my mind, opening up into relationship, the giving of forgiveness, the opening up of, of our hearts and lives, the opening up of this place. We say, Lord, have your way in whichever way that you want to move. I, I, we're not, I'm not going to dictate what you should or can't do, what should be done, how you do it. But Holy Spirit, come and have your way in us, in me, in my marriage, in my home, in my life, in my relationship. Please, Lord, have your way in me, in us. In your name we pray. Amen. So we stand together. We're going to sing this song again. We sung it a bit earlier on, but it takes a... I was amazed when it was chosen this morning, we began to sing this. I said to Mike, uh, one of our worship leaders here, just can we sing this song again? Because it's everything that I'm going to talk about this morning. Making room, digging a trench. What is the room that God is calling you to make? In your time, your talent, your treasure. It's got nothing to do with me, but everything to do with you and God. Everything to do with you and God. Let's make room for him. This day, let's sing to Jesus. And as we do, we're saying, Lord, I'm going to make room for you. Should we do that in his name? Whatever you want to